Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. I'm Sir Top. And I'm Slave Bonnie. And we want to welcome you to our edition of Erotic Awakenings. A special thank you to Dan and Don for including us in this wonderful venture of theirs. Our podcasts will cover many different areas, ideas, stories, and we will always try and have something new, exciting, educational, or entertaining for you to tune into. A few things we already know that are in store for our podcasts are Sinful Bedtime Stories with Sir Top, classes for the S-types, top space discussions, and also some topics with the combination of both dynamics. We'll also be bringing you info on what's new and exciting at Beyond Leather, a four-day event we produce annually in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The website for the event is www.beyondleather.net. Be ready for some fun because you never know what you'll be tuning in for. We hope to offer a wide range of topics, and if there's some burning desire you would like for us to discuss, please email us at beyondleather at gmail.com, and we will try and put it out there for you. You may also direct any questions that you want addressed to that email as well. As we travel to various events, we'll also report some interesting facts and fun things that happen along the way and in our travels. We just had a fantastic time at Cope. Thank you very much, Barrick and Sheba, for inviting us. And uh, the most interesting part of that trip was the sighting of Dan in a very sexy dress. He was such a good sport that he stepped forward and bent over, I think, as well, for a great charitable cause. Way to go, Dan. (laughs) Now the problem is people are asking me if I will follow suit and take one for the team and for a good charity at Beyond Leather. So I have to ask myself this important question. If I'm to dress in drag, which direction do I go to do that? With that question, it leads us right into our topic and discussion for today, positioning in my later years. Make a difference, gonna make it right. And I turned up the color, my favorite winter coat. 
right, folks. I'm about to make a huge life change because, as the song goes, one man in the mirror, when I stand in front of the mirror, I have a body dysphoria. I don't uh, like what I see and I don't identify with it. And I see that this is a very growing trend in today's society. Um, I'm not sure that you can call what I'm about to do an actual complete transition for me, but it certainly at the very least is a body transition of sorts. It actually takes a medical and psychological release stating that, in fact, it is my next phase in the transition process of going from female to male. I'm just not sure that I'm comfortable with that entire statement as, I've just always been me, masculine and happy to be entering the world of no boobs. Yes, folks, I'm going to be having a top surgery double mastectomy. Um, So with that, I'd like to, before we discuss that much further, I'd like to give you a little background on me, my earlier years and some of the thought processes I've been going through. As I tell you my story, I'll be sitting here wondering how many of you will be sitting where you are, listening, nodding your head in agreement, and also where you are in your journey. Here it goes. I grew up in a small town in Iowa, and back then, it was hard to even say the word lesbian, let alone admit to being gay. We were called tomboys back then, and it was okay as long as you never talked about what activities went along with that connotation. I look back at those days now and remember at the very young age of approximately five, I was always attracted to women. I didn't know, of course, at that time, what that attraction meant in the long run, but I knew that little boys seemed to want to do and act like me, and little girls were kind of creepy with all their dolls and silly girl stuff, but yet there was something strangely attractive to me about them and their activities. I remember as I grew a little older, in my teens, that I was indeed attracted to girls for the same reasons that little boys were attracted to girls. They smelled good, they had nice hair, and I wanted to touch them in parts that other little girls were not supposed to want to touch. I kept these thoughts to myself as far as verbal recognition of them, but I had the same girlfriend throughout most of my high school years, and there were others during those years that secretly explored their hidden desires with me. I thought I was fooling everyone, but I am sure that most just never talked about it. How many of you are sitting there now relating to a history like this? I'm sure quite a few. I'd always been my father's little boy now that I look back on it. Surely no one could have been surprised when I turned out to be a dyke in my later years. I went hunting, fishing, and did nothing that little girls did growing up. I never wore dresses, hated curling my hair, and refused to sit and act like a lady, and it really wasn't expected of me. I remember one time in my teenage years, I was actually required to put on a pair of hose to attend a funeral, and I literally got sick and and threw up. Um, As soon as I removed the hose, I was back to normal, so I knew that something wasn't right. Uh, My tomboyish behavior was, in fact, encouraged during my early teen and high school years. I grew up just being me, and all throughout those years, nothing was ever said. 
I suppose that shouldn't have come as a shock, as things like that were better left in the closet. I look back now and realize we didn't talk about a lot of things. We just did them, and people overlooked them, and there was no prejudice about certain situations because it was just never talked about. So I was always very athletic in my high school years, softball, track, basketball. And so my tomboyish ways or my masculine ways were completely ignored because I was an asset to all the athletic teams I was on. I remember the horror of becoming 12 years of age. Several things happened at that time. My menstruation cycle, glasses, and there was the dreaded breasts. I soon learned how to walk slumped over to avoid having to realize I had very large protrusions that were not welcomed on my chest. I was constantly being told, stand up straight or your back is going to stay like that. Hell, that's what I wanted to happen. That way these two things wouldn't be sticking out in front of me. I didn't want them to be noticed. There was no talk of binding at that time, and certainly no one went out and had them removed just because they didn't like them. I was just stuck with them, and there was no getting around it. I learned to hide them the best ways that I knew how, loose shirts, walking slumped, tight bras, and last but not least, good old-fashioned ace bandage. Never could hide them efficiently enough, but at least it was helpful. Over the years, I learned to live with God's cruel joke for my physical appearance and those darn boobs but it wasn't easy. I would have to say they were the single most frustrating part of my life from early teens throughout my years and into my 50s. I would always look in the mirror and at most times be very content with what appeared to be a more masculine face, decent shoulders, and then to those dreaded breasts, which in itself was a huge mindfuck. I didn't realize just how much until my later years. And when the transitioning processes started to become commonplace, I always just, I just always envied the lesbians I would meet that had those tiny little breasts barely visible beneath their t-shirts. They were able to wear nice tight shirts with no restrictions and hardly anyone noticed they had breasts at all. During my years of growing up and into my adult life, many of us dykes were called sir. I used to be embarrassed by it at times. We'd be sitting at a restaurant and the waitress would come up and she would say, Sir, how may I help you? And then they would look down and see those things on my chest and they would be, Oh my God, I'm so sorry, ma'am. And it would become such an embarrassing situation. And at that time, I wasn't in the BDSM community. I didn't know how to even relate to it. After finding the BDSM community... I relish in being called sir now, and only when someone realizes that I have these breasts and corrects themselves do I find myself being embarrassed now, but mostly for them. I'm well aware that removal of my breasts will not solve every problem or situation of discomfort that goes along with gender identity, such as what restroom to use, or at the airport, do I ask for female or male assist? I know that there will still be confusion with my driver's license, saying I'm female, and yet for appearance sake, 
I am masculine, but it will help me mentally to accept myself in a much better light. I have struggled not with my gender identity, or maybe I should say personality, but more with my appearance for many years. Hell, most of my life. I now live most of my life in the manner in which fits me, masculine. I don't identify as male, and I'm not sure if I ever will want to, but I do want the outside of me to match what works. I do want the outside of me to match the inside of me and what works for me, not for the rest of the world, but for me as an individual who identifies with masculine physical features. I've been asked if I would have the lower surgery as well, and at my age and the stage technology is in at this time, I would have to decline. I would, however, consider it if I was a bit younger and more financially independent, and they could assure me that I would have one that would work because God knows I would sure be willing to work it. Throughout my life, I have always been accepted for me, pretty much just as I am, by my family, lovers, companies that have employed me, and I've never had to go through that awkward phase of coming out. I was just me, lesbian, tomboy, dyke, and now sir. I have loved the roles I have played throughout my life, and I am so looking forward to the next one that will start December 1st when I have my breast removed and I can live the rest of my life as the person I truly see myself on the inside. Finally, my outsides will match my insides. People keep asking me, will you change your name? your sex on your driver's license, and all those things that come with transitioning. I can only reply to say that no one knows what the future will hold. But for now, I'm perfectly content with having them removed, wearing my T-shirts for the first time with no restrictions of bras or binding, being able to sit in my yard or at the beach with my shirt off, feeling the sun or wind on my bare chest and back, embracing who I am inside and out. I can't wait to decide on what tattoos I will get, to show off the incredible tattoos I already have, and for my partner to run her hands over my breasts or perhaps even give my nipples a tweak without the nausea rising and the sick feeling in my stomach that someone is touching a part of me that doesn't belong or that I don't identify with. I'm nervous, excited, but definitely not confused. I know that this is the beginning of a new life for me and that I am going to embrace it with all that I am and all that I will be free at last. I may speak a moment here. Sure. I am so proud of you. I have watched you for 10 years go through all the feelings and the emotions and all the desires of what it might be like not to have those big breasts that have been disturbing you your whole life. And I'm excited to say that December 1st, when you go into the surgical suite, 
I am going to be celebrating. I am going to be sitting there in anticipation of when I see you open your eyes and touch your chest and know that they are finally gone and you are finally free at last because I've been watching you for years and how excited you get when you point, ooh, look how little hers are. Or look how little hers are. That guy's chest looks so great. I would love that to be mine. And I've always said to myself, God, I just want that for her. And I'm so grateful that we are going to finally be able to do this for you. Because this is going to complete you. Oh, I know this is not the answer to everything. But this is the beginning. This is the beginning of your new journey. The next phase of your journey. And I'm excited for you. Yes, and, and I see that a lot of the young people, they're transitioning at such an early age, and I envy them that they're free to live their lives the way that they've wanted to. I think, uh, like I mentioned earlier, back when I was growing up, we just didn't even think of those things. You were just born like you were born, and you lived with it, and little boys were you know, trapped in girls' bodies and little girls trapped in boys' bodies, and we just dealt with it, and our families dealt with it. And and now you can, you know, you have the ability to be able to transition and be able to live your life uh, so that I always say, so your insides match your outsides and uh, or vice versa. And I think that it's a wonderful thing. I hope that people put a lot of thought into it uh, before they do transition because for a lot of people it is a life-changing, irreversible process For me, I know that I will never look back. I will never miss them. I wish I could have donated them years and years ago. (laughs) And I do, um, you know, everybody says, well, you always want what you can't have. And, you know, the other grass is always greener and everything like that. But this is just something that I've always wanted. And, um, you know, I am very nervous about uh, the whole process. But I think that the over uh, the excitement is definitely at this point overriding the nervousness. You know what is really wonderful is that I know that you were thinking about trying testosterone, and it's something that um, you looked into a couple of years ago. But you know, being in your fifties, our estrogen and progesterone levels decrease anyway, and your testosterone has always been elevated. You look masculine. You will fit that role a little bit more comfortably when people look at you and they go look up and down and everything will fit very fluid for you. I understand if we were still in our 20s and 30s, it might be something you would explore as we do get to see so many people throughout the country who are living that dream for themselves. When we were growing up in the 60s and 70s, people were dykes and and, and butches and hey, you know, being the feminine girl that I am, I looked for that, and I loved that. So, I mean, I understand the flip side. As you were just saying, the grass is always greener. I would love to be larger. You would love to be smaller. There's always that, but this is something different. This is something about your insides literally matching your outsides on a much greater level. Sure, I was reading the other day on one of the sites on Fat Life that it said, uh, you know, this chest, people put too much emphasis on having the chest surgery, and I just don't think that's right for me. It may be for someone else. You know, I have 38 Ds, and when I look at myself in the mirror, I see someone that can 
you know, easily live the life uh, that I want to live until I get to my breasts, and then it just totally mind fucks me and throws me off into a completely different uh, planet, really. So for me, uh, that is, I believe, will be enough for me is to have the just have them removed, and I don't think that I would need to have any further steps. And like I said, at my age, but um, you know, I think people just are so blessed that are born dykes that have small breasts that don't have to go through this, that, uh, you know, it must be amazing not to have to deal with this. Uh, another thing I wanted to discuss is is that because I became so excited about this, I every year at Beyond Leather, the event that we produce in South Florida every April, we um, raise money for various charities and organizations. And this year I'm going to be starting a new charity, and it's going to be... I'm going to raise money for half of someone's surgery. That's fantastic, sir. That is going to help someone. That's really wonderful. I'm so glad to hear this. Yes, I'm going to, if someone will, we're not sure of all the details yet. Once I get all the paperwork put together, what I'm going to do is people will submit requests to be considered for this grant or send in the reasons they want it. And I'm going to raise, um, do fundraising to raise half of the money, if they can come up with half of the money. And um, this is going to be my new cause, because this is something that's very dear to me. And I've been reading a lot of the FTM sites, and what I keep hearing is, you know, insurance doesn't cover it, we can't afford it. And I know there's a lot of people that have to be in the same position that I'm in. You know, unless you're financially independent, it took me years and years to save enough money to be able to have this surgery. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, ready to have it, and my knee blew out. So I had to have my knee replaced, and that put it off for another almost three years. So, um, you know, I couldn't be happier about it. I always just kept saying I just prayed to have it done by the time I was 50, and that time passed me by. And I hate to give up my age, but I'm sure I look, you know, you can pretty much tell anyway. I'm uh, I want to have it done before I'm 55, and if I can live out the remainder of my life without having to deal with it, it's just going to be amazing for me. So that's my new venture. I want to uh, announce it this year at Beyond Leather and award the first person, uh, pick the first person, and then help them get their transition done for the next year. So I'm very excited about that, and that's our uh, next journey. I think that that is absolutely wonderful that you are going to pass on this celebration to somebody else. Well, I think it has to be an amazing feeling, and there's got to be a lot of people that can't afford it. Okay, so I think our time is pretty much running down. Would you like to share what we're going to do with the next podcast, or would you like to leave it up to the viewers? How about you? I don't uh, have the next podcast planned yet. Okay, why don't we just leave that up in the air, or maybe you, the listener, can suggest something that you believe that you would like Sir Top to continue with this or to start something new and fresh, because we have some amazing things in store for you. We want to do some erotic stories. I have some erotic fantasies, but I'd also like to share something about me and my life as well so you can learn about who I am and where my journey went 
and where I am today. So please email us at beyondleather at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any suggestions, any thoughts, or any desires. Well, if you want to see Dan in a dress again, come to BL5, because I think he's going to volunteer to do that same routine to raise money for my new venture at BL5 down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, April 26th weekend. Check out the website and come and join us. Thank you. Good night.